Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. nice thing about our Savior is that He never separates Himself from us and we can't get away from Him. You know, if we could distract ourselves with things and and uh, keep ourselves so distracted that we don't recognize and we don't allow ourselves to be aware that He's right there with us. And really when you think about it, and we're going to talk about giving tonight, when you think about it, we rob ourselves that way, don't we? We literally rob ourselves of all His sufficiency. We rob ourselves of his peace. We rob ourselves of the confidence that he made us to live life with. We rob ourselves of the joy that is supposed to attend everything that a Christian enters into. We literally rob ourselves blind because we believe that we are more secure when we hold on to ourselves than we are when we recognize the presence, the life, the union we have in Christ. Last week we finished up 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and ventured into chapter 9, finishing up at verse 5. And today it's my intention to finish chapter 9, which is a relatively short chapter. It's 15 verses. And both of these chapters deal with Christian stewardship. In fact, it is probably the clearest treatise on Christian giving, the new covenant in giving, that you'll find in the Bible. Now, giving is one of those subjects that Christians typically avoid right alongside of obedience. They want to talk about either one of those. They're interrelated. But, you know, again, that's robbing yourself of the presence of God, the the sufficiency of God, the provision of God. Giving is literally, and Paul tells us this, it is a grace. You never got a grace out of your flesh. Grace is not a product of the flesh, and he calls it a blessing. Well, I know the world ascribes that word to just all kinds of things, but reality, blessing originates with God. Blessing is what God calls blessing, not what we define as blessing. We'll talk about that a little long way too. But, you know, if we misunderstand the truth of giving, then anytime anybody brings it up, we're immediately going to, in our souls, maybe not outwardly, we're going to roll our eyes and turn our attention or focus elsewhere, turn up the radio or something, you know. The reality of it is, is because of this society we live in, because man wants to take everything that God has given us as a blessing and turn it into a curse. And that's exactly what he's done with giving. Well, this section gives some very clear principles for new covenant giving. The man-centered view of giving says we give to get, right? We risk loss in order to gain. If we want security, we hold on to as much as we can. It's easy when you have that kind of uh, paradigm to place your Christian belief system in the center of that box, particularly when it concerns giving. And this is what prosperity gospel has done for us. 
The prosperity teachers have attempted to create an economy out of Christian giving using some of the verses that we're going to talk about tonight. Now, it is true that our relationship with God was born out of an exchange. Our nothing for his everything. You've heard me say that before. Our sinful, godless existence apart from God for a life free from the slavery of sin that has been created in and for the union of God. I think we traded up. What do you think? We traded death for life. We traded dying for living. In the New Covenant, one of the greatest pictures of what New Covenant living is is, that, is in John fifteen five. We are branches connected in vital union with the vine, vine with a capital V. We're not trading anything. We are complete. We are receiving as conduits. We do not give as haves to the have-not but as manifestations of the true giver who is God, who is Christ. Now, when we give in a man-centered paradigm, we see ourselves as the source of the gift, and therefore we're fearful of loss. And whenever you see yourself as the source of anything, you're fearful, aren't you? I mean, that's the end result. And we are also expectant of gratitude for our sacrifice. I'm going to tell you this up front. Giving is no sacrifice. Did you hear me? Giving is no sacrifice. In order to sacrifice, you have to take from that which is yours and suffer loss by giving it away or losing it. Does that describe God's paradigm for giving? Not at all. Giving is no sacrifice. We live... And give as a conduit. We're passing along what we ourselves have received. We do not count it as our loss, but literally as a natural expression of who we are as conduits. We don't expect gratitude, but we give the glory to God as the giver. A branch is rewarded by yielding to its nature to bear and to receive. It finds its reward in the life that it lives resting in the vine. Bearing the fruit of the vine. A branch is not interpreting its life as receiving and giving. It's just a smooth flow. It's called living. It's just called living. Jesus came in the flesh that man might know the Father. He was, in effect, a branch bearing the fruit of the vine. He manifested the Father in many ways, both natural and supernatural. He could heal the sick. He fed the poor. He made the lame to walk, the blind to see, and raise the dead. He did all of those things because they were needed. No. He did all of those things to reveal the Father. He did all of those things in obedience to the Father. Otherwise, he would have healed every blind man. He would have done away with all sickness. You see, Jesus wasn't responding to the need, material need. He was responding to man's need to see the Father. And I want to tell you something. Get this in your head or in your soul. The truth of it is that giving for the Christian is manifesting the character of his life in you. And we don't give to a need. We give in obedience to the will of the Father. Now, 
needs can be presented. But then we wait until the Spirit of God affirms in us the need to give that to that need. And there's some things that are, that are static. First of all, obedience to give is one, because we are commanded to give. But not so that God need, because God needed anything. It's because it's good for us. It's natural for us. It's an expression of how God created us to live. To allow that which He has made us to be, to flow from who we are. Giving is literally mimicking your Father. That's what giving is. You know, Jesus yielded Himself as a conduit to reveal the Father to man. In that, His obedience was complete. Never once did he see himself as the source. He never worried about resources because he lived from the Father's provision. Jesus never saw himself as the source. And that is where we make a hard left in our giving. We're giving out from ourselves. We're saying this is, this is coming out of my resources. This is coming out of what I have. Rather than recognizing that it is all coming from Him. He's giving through you. The vine gives through the branch that the branch might bear fruit that the body may feed from the fruit. Well, where did it originate from? Well, the branch, of course. No. <laughs> It originated from the vine, right? That is the principle of new covenant giving. You see, Jesus never lived to the principle of giving to get. He never lived to the principle of giving because there's a need. Now, does that mean he never gave to a need? No. He did as the Father bid him do, all to reveal the Father's heart towards man. He never worried about resources. In fact, at the beginning of his ministry, you know, the temptation of Christ, at the very beginning of his ministry, God of the Spirit leads him out into the desert. Now, he hasn't eaten. He's fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and the Scripture says he's hungry. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. He is hungry. And the enemy comes, the devil comes, and says, Okay. You're the Son of God. Just command these stones to become bread. There's a need. Meet the need. You can meet the need. Meet the need. After all, you're hungry, right? He says, no. And basically what he tells the enemy is, I'd rather starve than live from my own provision. Man lives from every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's the bread, the nurture of the Son of God. So he didn't take the bread. And then... Right at the very beginning of his ministry, as his ministry rolls along, this kind of shows you where he's at. As his ministry rolls along and he's going from place to place and ministering to people, people are giving. How do I know that? Because Judas was collecting the money. Judas was a thief. Jesus made a thief in charge of the treasury. Now, you, you can tell, you know, he was, the disciples were probably... Did, did you check this guy's references? I mean, after all. I know the widow gave a big, hefty gift, and there's only just a little bit of that left in there. Are you sure this guy's okay? No, they didn't say any of that, because they didn't see the treasury as the provision. They saw Jesus as the provision. Jesus knew he was stealing, but because of his stealing, there was a conviction that moved him to go, and guilt that moved him to do what he did. Jesus never worried about resources. This is the truth of it. 
He lived as a conduit or branch. And that's the primary principle of Christian giving. We're not giving what is ours. We're giving from what we have received. His life is our provision. He is our source. Now, there's a lot of freedom in recognizing that. There's a lot of freedom in recognizing that everything that we have flows from him. Chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians dealt with the principles of giving. And in chapter 9, we're going to look at the blessings of giving. And Paul describes giving as a blessing, given of God to Christians. It's a gift to you. That's how God sees it. It's a gift to you. Paul describes giving as a grace given of God. Paul tells us it is a blessing to give. As believers, it is a natural expression of who we are because it is the fruit of his life within. It's how the body ministers to the body. Grace and blessing never originate in the flesh. I told you that. And while they are seen in the material, they always have their source in God. So let's look at our text. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting with verse 6. Now remember this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows generously, that blessing may come to others, will also reap generously and be blessed. Now like Jesus so often did, Paul is using an, uh, an agrarian metaphor because the people could relate to it. They're all involved in agriculture to some degree. And he uses it to illustrate a spiritual truth. This is not sowing what is mine to reap what will be mine. This is not an investment strategy to increase my wealth and establish my comfort. That's how it's seen by a lot of folks. This is a spiritual principle. And you'll find this principle illustrated over and over again in Scripture. Over and over again, he uses this same sowing and reaping illustration. In fact, in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, he talks about it in regard to behavior. He says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. For whatever a man sows, this and this only is what he will reap. For the one who sows to his flesh, his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses, will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap the Spirit, reap eternal life. Now, sowing and reaping. Now, here's the thing. God knows what you're sowing. You people around, the people around you may not. You may be keeping it hidden. You may be... Uh, Acting this way in the privacy of your home or among people that act the same way. But, you know, we see it, it comes. It, it, you know, the harvest comes, doesn't it? I mean, you see homes absolutely implode. And you say, oh, what happened to those folks? Those folks, they were in church all the time. And, you know, you know he was a deacon and she was in the WMU. Y'all remember what WMU is. They, you know, they think, wow, how did this happen? Now, they are reaping what they sowed. Their religious activity had nothing to do with their desires. They were paying penance with their religious activity. We reap what we sow. Now, that does not discount the grace 
and mercy of God. It doesn't. Because how many of us have sowed everything we've reaped? Right? Not me, brother. I'm not sure I'd be up here. I'm not sure I'd be alive. We know that we live with the grace and mercy of Christ. Reaping and sowing. A farmer would not plant corn and expect wheat. We reap what we sow. And if we reap carnality, we're going to sow carnality. If we reap stinginess, we're going to sow stinginess. If we reap pride, we're going to sow pride. Now, some of, the, of this teaching, people teach this with a uh, man-centered perspective. Some of them are all about the material rewards and others about increasing their wealth and then others about focusing on consequences, either good or bad, when they preach this. But I want to ask you a question. Are riches always a blessing? Well, I wouldn't know, but I hear they're not. Are consequences absolute, always absolute? Well, I just answered that one. No, they're not. So what we're seeing here is, in these verses, is a spiritual principle. Here are some absolutes. You are being provided for as the child of God. Okay, that's an absolute. He is meeting all of your needs in Christ Jesus. That is an absolute. God is the source of your provision. That is an absolute. Giving is an act of obedience that God blesses. That is an absolute. Operating in the reality of these absolutes allow us to give with freedom generously without fear. They allow us to be obedient in giving, to manifest his life in giving the way Jesus did. The principle is very simple. As I walk in the liberty uh, and provision of Christ, giving for me is a blessing. The more I give and sow from his provision, the more that I reap in his blessing, his liberty, his joy. The more that I sow in the obedience of giving, the more that I reap in my knowledge of him, in my knowing him, in my intimacy with him. I will reap in the expansion of my experience with him far more than I could have ever given. Now, that may seem like an abstract concept to you, but you, you have heard me preach on what it means in a marriage for husbands to love their wives. It literally means if you want to experience love, you give love. Because we experience from the inside out. Isn't that right? And wives, if you want to know the significance of your role in the marriage, then you will honor your husband. Otherwise, you'll always be battling for a sense of significance. And we see that in our society as well. Both of these things come from the inside out, and you give in order to experience it. I didn't say in order to get. I said in order to experience it. Why? Because you are complete. Everything that you need, God has already given you through His life in Christ Jesus. So you know what that means to me? That means that when I am called upon to love my wife, I don't have to ask God to give me love. I just have to be obedient to give what He has given me. And when my wife is called upon to honor me as her husband, she doesn't have to ask God to put it in her heart. It is already there. She just needs to yield to it. You see the difference? 
And giving is the same way. We have the provision of Christ. We have the riches of His glory literally resident within us. He is our provider. You did not get anything apart from Him. And when God calls upon you to give, He's not calling upon you to create wealth so you can give wealth. He's not calling upon you. Really, it's not about even about the amount. It's about you creating the flow by trusting in Him who is your life and allowing that to flow through you experientially. And you know what? That right there, in and of itself, is blessing. Because as I give, I see His provision. As it passes through my hand, I see His giving to me. And I'm affirmed. And I'm blessed. And I'm renewed. You see... Every time anybody talks about giving, they see dollar signs. Don't see dollar signs, see Jesus. Because it's His heart that you live in the experience of the life you're carrying. Otherwise, you live in the experience of your flesh. And this is so much more real. No, it isn't more real. It's just what you choose to embrace as your reality. God is seeking to mature you in truth. But in order to do that, He has to make the truth within you part of your experience. And in order to provoke that, we need that little word, faith. Faith. We live this life by faith. I will reap when I sow. And when I... Sow righteousness when I sow his life, when I sow the reality of his life in me, his strength, his nurture. When I sow those things, as I am giving to you what he has nurtured me with, I am experientially entering into the truth of it. And the blessing of his gift to me is also giving to you, isn't it? I hope. You see, listen Christian, we don't get anything for ourselves Just Jesus. Darn it. You have Jesus as your life. The mustard seed faith will reap immeasurable blessings for me spiritually and to some degree materially, as we'll see in some of the following verses. In verse 6, the Amplified uses the word generously. We will reap generously. And the Greek word used there is the word that we get eulogy from. And eulogy means blessing. We sow with an expectation of the Lord's blessing. Not that we are not blessed, but in giving we are being blessed as we are expressing the ministry of Christ to the body. God is not appealing to your greed. God is not really interested in in brushing up your financial statement. God is interested in you living in the truth consistently and growing and expanding in all that he created you to be. And giving is part of that expression. It's just part of it. He's given us an opportunity to function as branches so that we are affirmed and grow in truth. And by our obedience, others are affirmed and grow in truth. So every time God calls upon you to to obedience in some other area, whether it's just giving giving of of truth to a, to a fellow believer, or it's giving of your finances to the local church, or if it's giving whatever your time in each one of these things, this is God calling on you to act as a branch, not as a vine. 
If I understand that, then I don't have any right to feel bad, to feel, to begrudge, to feel put upon. Because God makes it very clear in our hearts what He's inviting us to and everything that He invites us to to participate in. If He invites you to healing, if He invites you to deliverance, if He invites you to to freedom, he's He's not creating all of that. That's already within you. What He is saying, as a branch, draw from my life and be healed. As a branch, draw from my life and give. As a branch, draw from my life and be free. Live in the way you were made to live. Quit trying to live in the bondage of the flesh. Look at verse 7. Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road, and Blanco Woods, just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006.